So it's been uh, quite a season, hasn't it? For you, for us, but God has been faithful. And uh, I want to just remind us a little bit of some of those things we, you know, kids, adult church, groups, all online, fantastic work by our group leaders, um, launching a food bank kind of in the, in the midst of the pandemic is just incredible. We re, you saw on there, we refurbished and um, started a, a City Eight site in Southbourne, in, incredible. We've been raising hosts and teachers over this period. You've seen them on screen and on the platform as we've been gathering to meet. We've had far more people contributing into our kind of gatherings than we've had before. Video content. Uh, I could go on and on. We raised nearly 70,000 pounds in the midst of a pandemic when everything said fear and safety and yet you guys said, no, we're on a mission and we're going to give ourselves to this in all of those ways. And uh, we started the year, uh, you might remind it in Isaiah, remember it in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, Uh, words written about Jesus and he fulfilled them uh, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And so we had this theme of the year, we wanted to see uh, restoration, to restore the broken. Uh, that was our theme this year, by being and bringing the good news of Jesus. And we went through Isaiah 61, it's a great series. And uh, within that, we picked up on all sorts of things. We majored on the poor and who are they? We talked about how we're involved with them. And you saw some of that on the screen, um, how we can help bring dignity and health and wholeness and independence um, and the gospel and the gospel. Actually, our priority is the gospel. And uh, we want to move, if you like, we want to pivot at this moment uh, into the next season, into the autumn term. And it's the spirit of the sovereign Lord that anointed him. We want to we have a series on the Holy Spirit. We want to be filled again um, with him. We want to understand again what our gifts are and how we can use them to glorify him and to build his church and to reach our community. And we want to hear of the good news. We want to hear again of what it is. We know it, don't we? We've been celebrating it even this morning. But why should we share it? And we're going to have an opportunity as we get towards Christmas. I know it's not, it's not even the end of September yet, and I've mentioned the Christmas word, but uh, might as well get it out there. We'll have an opportunity to gather people in to hear the good news of what Jesus has done in our lives. So that's where we're going. And uh, God has been so faithful. He really has. We talked about the, this kintsugi uh, right at the start of the, the year. This uh, ancient art, if you like, Japanese art of restoring broken vessels, broken pots, and uh, translated as golden joinery. It takes uh, broken uh, pottery and mixes a lacquer with, with gold so that the actual end product has this beautiful element in it. it. It completely different to the mindset of the West, which presents perfection and that we have to have everything together. No, this is glorious and more glorious, the end product, because 
of what has been added into it because of the way it has been restored, hiding, if you like, our brokenness. Not That's what we do. This celebrates it and lets everyone see it and the pot is more beautiful as a result. Do you know what? That is what Jesus has done with each of us. If you're a believer in here this morning, that's what he has done with us. And if you're an unbeliever, if you are just inquiring this morning, that is what he can do with you. And he wants to do that in and through you to bring glory to his name and to give you a new life in him. Out of crisis, we've heard this a lot, comes renewal and restoration. And we're believing for this year for for increased restoration and renewal, personally, corporately, and in terms of a sense of us gathering again around Jesus, that we might see something of a corporate revival in our day. Do you want to see that? (laughs) Good. Through Jesus, we will, I believe. And if you wanted a picture for this, then We've been prophetically, there's so much prophetic over us, uh, you know, past and still present. And uh, this picture of a, a pregnant, a pregnancy, a pregnant woman. And uh, the sense that in this pregnancy, and if you've been pregnant or if you've been part of a pregnancy, uh, I, with one, um, you know, us guys, we have a small part to play. Um, and uh, at least initially, uh, and then, uh, no, we have a great, great part to play. But if you've been with one in that last kind of season, it is tough, isn't it? You ladies, it is tough. Your body, it just, like I was watching my wife just like change physically by the day. I mean, what is going on? It's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? The miracle of life. Um, but it's tough as well. And I believe God is, is preparing us in those last days for birth for great birth, new birth, new lots of things uh, in amongst us, new salvations, new gifts, new people starting ministries, new kind of people gathering with us, a new sense of meeting and encountering God, all of this for his glory. Two things that happened at that last trimester, to slow down, rest. You have to pick what you do and what you don't do. And that's what we want to do as a church in this season. Rest in God. We're not just stripping back the worship in that sense. We want to strip back everything and get back to the heart of God. To be with him again. That intimacy. To have a greater encounter with him. Resting with him. Doing more, but not out of more activity. Out of knowing ourselves in him and what he's guiding us into and wanting us to do through the Holy Spirit. Second thing is that you eat a lot. You're almost eating for two. In fact, you are. Or if you've got triplets or multiple births, you're eating for more. And I believe we need to start eating for two, personally. We need to start feeding heavily on God because I believe he's bringing something greater for us and we want to be ready for that. It's a preparation time. How are we going to do this? Well, I want to reiterate three relationships that Jesus had, and we're going to work them through uh, together and see how we do that in church. So basically, it's Jesus and one, the Father. It's Jesus and three, and it's Jesus 
and 12. Okay, let's have a look at the first one. Jesus and the Father. Mark 1, verse 35, it says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place. Why? Where he prayed. Jesus was the busiest man alive. Everywhere he went, as his reputation grew, the crowds just flocked to him. He could barely move for the crowds. And yet he found time to move away from the crowds, to be with his father. Why? Because that was where he knew who he was, again, in his humanity and in his divinity, so that he could continue on the mission that he had been given to do. Friends, if I've realized anything through this pandemic and over this last season, I have realized that I am more broken than I thought. I so relate to Heather's word. I am more broken than I thought. Yes, God has done an incredible work in me and he is restoring me, but at moments, I'm broken. There were times where I was just feeling, God, I'm getting nothing from you. I sat with my Bible open thinking, I've read this a hundred times. And it feels dry and it feels, it feels like it's not life-giving and yet you promised it would bring life and it would edify and it would change and it would transform. I wonder if you felt like that. I wonder if you feel like that today. I began to realize that I have to, I have to come to God every morning <laughs> to get renewed in him. And I've done that for years, but I had to come afresh. I tell you, if you're stuck, do something different. I was stuck. And then I heard about this book. It's called Gentle and Lowly. I was stuck just with the Bible in front of me for several months, (laughs) not really feeling anything. And I read this in my quiet time instead. What, you read a book instead of the Bible? Yes, It's amazing. Gentle and Lonely by Dane Ortland. I recommend it. It's a book for this season. It tells you about the heart of God and how he is for you. In it, he says, let me read a quote. He says this, he says, he says, fallen anxious sinners are limitless in their capacity to perceive reasons for Jesus to cast them away. We are ferocious of fresh and factories of fresh Um, resistance to Christ's love. Even when we run out of tangible reasons to be cast out from his presence, such as specific sins and failures, we tend to retain a vague sense that given enough time, Jesus will finally grow tired of us and hold us at arm's length. I was just so challenged by that book and I recommend you to read it in this season because you'll begin to understand more of who he is and what he wants to do through you. Jesus, in John 6, 38, says that he didn't come to this earth to do his will, but to do the will of the Father. In fact, he said elsewhere that he, wanted, he was doing exactly what the Father commands him to do. The reality is we are no different. I wonder how close you are to him at this time because he wants to be close to you so you can hear his voice and you can live out for him. Second relationship Jesus had, he had three close friends. Um, Let's read Mark 9 verse 2. It says, after six days 
Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Those were his three close friends. He took them with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. Then he was transfigured before them. What's a transfiguration? Well, it's this kind of Jesus' human body metamorphosizing, changing, uh, being glorified in the Father's presence. Um, And uh, he wanted his close friends to be there with him at that moment. In fact, reading the scriptures, you can see that they were also there when he raised uh, Jarius' daughter from the dead. Another significant moment of being raised from the dead. Those three were there in the Garden of Gethsemane at Jesus' kind of most lowest point. It seems that these three were there at Jesus' greatest highs and at his greatest lows. In all the key moments of Jesus' life, it seemed he has those three with him. Who's with you? In your greatest joys and in your darkest moments. Friends, in this world we need each other. I want to encourage you to look for the three or even just one. How do we work this out in church? We call it DNA. We call it DNA because it needs to be at the very heart of our lives and everything we do. We have DNA groups. We launched them at the beginning of this year. And I want to encourage us to press into them. What are they? They're groups of three or two or four, depending on you. They're Bible-based. They're in the spirit. They're in community together. They're flexible. They're meant to be uh, able to be done at any point. You could do this in a lunchtime if you've got other people you know in community that work in your place. You can do it at breakfast time, an hour and 15 minutes getting around the Bible with each other, holding each other, um, just helpful account to living this life out and to drawing on him again, helping each one another to share what he's doing in your life. We have found that experimentally, because this was, these have been really helpful. They're same-sex groups so that we can go deeper. That the end result of these Just like Peter, James, and John, you see, Jesus was investing in these three because they were going to be significant for his purposes in multiplication of the early church. Peter, nicknamed Rocky, the rock on which Jesus was going to build his church. James and John, the sons of thunder, that was the nickname that they had. Jesus called them that. We don't know why, but we think they were a little bit sparky and a little bit out there. All the disciples came with different character and different interesting things, and Jesus was modeling them into an army, into a people who would multiply all that he had said across the world and to the ends of the earth, and it is still going on. We're in a new season of launching DNA in terms of there's some new uh, materials coming. We're going to look at um, different themes. We're going to look at trust. We're going to look at where it all starts. We're going to look at obey. We're going to look at share. We're going to look at know identity. We're going to look at relate, how we are together. 
We're going to look at give, how we can give ourselves to him. It's us becoming more like Jesus as we work ourselves through those materials. I really want to encourage you to get in them. Each one is five weeks long, blocks of five weeks. It'll take you over a year. It's preparation for us as we think and press into all that God is carrying us. Because my heart, my hope is that every one of us, as we become a disciple, will make disciples and have that joy and that privilege, just like the disciples in Jesus' day. I'm going to show you a quick video. Uh, Here's two people who have put DNA into practice, and they're going to tell you a little bit about what it's like so that you can understand uh, some more. So I'm in a group with three other mums like myself. We gather on a Wednesday evening for about an hour and a half every other week. Um, We have a bit of time to catch up and pray for each other. We read the scriptures and discuss them. What I like about DNA groups is that it's time to be open with each other, to share prayer requests, um, to dig deeper into scriptures and to just really get to know one another. I would recommend DNA group to others because it really pushes you to set time aside every other week or every week to um, get to know other people in the church, to build a strong relationship with those people so that you can open up and share and um, you can encourage each other by praying for each other and giving words and it's just putting that, that time aside really so that you can... Um, you know, really build a proper support network. And I I certainly have found that that really helpful, particularly in the last year or two, um, just to be able to be a bit more vulnerable and um, share what I really need. And I think it's really drawn me closer to the other people in, in the group as well. And it's just brought a sense of unity. And really, it's what church is all about, isn't it? Hi everyone, just to let you know about my uh, journey with DNA so far. Uh, The DNA group I'm in is myself and the amazing and multi-talented Ed Briggs. And sometimes we're joined by Ed Briggs' little dog Daisy as well on occasions. Uh, We've uh, so far managed to meet twice, uh, once every fortnight. And um, we both work full-time, so we generally meet of an evening and uh, make some intentional planning in our diaries to get together. Um, the time we spent, we, we either meet up, uh, we've done Zoom meetings, we've uh, been outside, we've gone for walks and uh, we've also met in each other's homes, which is just a really nice way of uh, having the time and get together and um, making it social as well. Uh, the time we meet, we generally can last anything between an hour to an, an hour and a half and sometimes longer. It all depends on the uh, the time and, and uh, discussions we get into on the evening and as time allows. Uh, yeah, we've had some uh, great discussions. We've, um, we love the way that DNA is put together. There's some really good uh, Bible verses that we've uh, had some really good um, meaty discussions about and 
their their uh, DNA is really well structured because it it gives you the openness to um, enjoy a bit of study and also exploring uh, our faith and um, exploring things that you know questions we wouldn't sometimes ask of uh, in a big group. So yeah, from that the, the whole structure and uh, the whole. Uh, DNA experience has been really good and uh, we found it's really good to be able to a find out more about our, our faith and the uh, um, our, what we believe in, but also a really good way to encourage one another so I, I'd encourage anybody to get into DNA it's good guys Yeah, it really is. I've been, uh, my dear now, I've been working with some people who aren't, again, a bit experimental, who are not in church yet, and I've just so enjoyed getting to know them and uh, seeing what God's doing in their life as we read scripture uh, together. How do you get in one? Find two or three other people that you feel you could relate to and um, nominate one of you as a facilitator. And uh, you don't need any previous experience to be that facilitator. It's just someone who holds it together. Let us know on the website, citygate.church forward slash DNA groups. Go there and let us know that you are wanting to do one. Why? Because we'd love to input you and give you a little bit of basic training as to how this can work best, which we're going to do on the 2nd of October. And if you're already running one, uh, some of you at home will be, some of you in the room, then please let us know that you're running one as well because we'd love to invite you. We don't know who's running one because we just said this is a good thing to do. Um, so please let us know because we just want to help you uh, do it as well as we can um, together. Um, and then these next passages, uh, themes will come out um, end of September, 20th of September, and you can start um, on that process. Every other week, we mix that with life groups, which I'm going to tell you about just now. Final relationship with Jesus was him and the 12. Uh, When Jesus had called the 12 together, this is in Mark 9, he says, well, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. Jesus placed incredibly high value on serving others and being a witness to all that he is. And we want to put a high value on that too. He consistently exposed the disciples, if you read the Gospels, to situations as he modeled it where he was interacting with the broken people, all of us, who needed him. Different types of people, different places, different needs at different times. All the time, them learning, modeling, growing, understanding more of who Jesus is. We do this by life groups. We too want groups of 12 or ish around that that are together on a mission for him. Putting these things that we learn about in DNA into practice. Putting our faith into action, like the disciples were. I remember the time when they, Jesus was feeding the 5,000. Do you remember this? And he said to them, Where's, they, they basically, well, how are we going to feed these guys? If we go to the shops, going to spend all our wages. 
And he said, you feed them. And in that moment, they had to trust him for the miracle that was about to come as they started to distribute the bread. Friends, we want more opportunities like that together as we go out and we seek God and we ask him for who he wants to distribute his food to as we go out together. And we need to do it with each other. So we've got that support as we listen to him who initiated this whole thing and we live for him in our every day. So I'd encourage you, have a look at the life groups if you're not in one yet. There's these multiple places, there's Sunday church to gather. There's, and all of this leads back to Sunday church to celebrate him and what he's done as we've been out discipling midweek and reaching others together as we go. You can connect in any of these places as a first base, life groups or DNA or church, but we would encourage all three as a balanced way of becoming like Jesus and in this preparation season that I believe God has got us in. One area just lastly to just focus on perhaps in terms of our life groups and our mission is the Southbourne site. God's been very favorable to us in that and we're so grateful to him that that has even been possible. And now as they're meeting there this morning. We're looking to have a public launch of that site. We've been meeting already, but we want to make a splash. We want to tell, not because of who we are, but because of who he is and how people in that area can meet him. And so on the 25th of September, Saturday, we have a launch day where we want to put on a fun day, flyer up on the, on the screen there, and we, we need your help. We need your help to put this on. So maybe you can offer... Uh, some time. I'm excited about this as we fly the community and say, come and have fun with us. We just want to give them free stuff and bless them and chat with them and love them and welcome them and say, hey, we're here if you ever need us or you need Jesus, come and find us. Uh, you can sign up for this on the website at the events page. You could offer to do nine till 12 or 12 till three you can use your gifts. I'll bet there's a juggler out there that we just need at that day. Maybe you're a face painter. Maybe you just want to come and talk. Maybe you want to help serve some drinks. We need a raft of people that are going to help us. Maybe you can set up. Maybe you can do something musically. Maybe you've got a special talent that I don't even know about, but I would love to find out on the 25th of September. Okay, so let's mobilize. Let's do this for God's glory. This is uh, part of us as a community. It's not just them over there. This is us as one church wanting to reach across the bay, seeing lives transformed, which is our vision. Friends, I believe God is on us. I believe as we press into him in this unique season, after a kind of strange season, that we're going to see greater things of God. I want to we're going to break bread together as a, just a way of kind of galvanizing everything that I've said in terms of the fact that we're remembering him. It's him who's done something in us. And he'll continue to work in us as we continue to be disciples of him, helping one another in these different structures, working out the relationships that Jesus worked out together. Should we stand together? I hope you've got your bread and wine.
Actually, is there anyone in here right now, I'd hate to just, who wants that? We've got some available, I think, but doesn't have it right now. Um, if you just raise a hand. Oh, that's great. Has anyone not got what they need to take this special meal that Jesus gave to us? You know, there was a moment in uh, Luke's gospel um, where these disciples that we've talked about, men like us, well, I include women in that as well, as we follow after him. And he had literally just broken bread and they drank the wine together. And then they broke out, literally, it's like in the next verse, they broke out in an argument about who was the greatest. Can you believe that? Jesus had just said, take this bread and drink this wine, and he's serving them. And then they're arguing about who is the greatest. And in this moment, I want us to remember that he's the greatest that he came to serve us. We have new life in him because of what he has done for us. And I want you to remember, if you're one of those people like I've been reflecting and feeling recently, that I've not got that much to offer, that Jesus is a moment from kind of casting me out. <laughs> you're like Heather who just kind of Feel like you have to carry yourself rather than give all of yourself over to Jesus. I believe in this moment, he's going to come to you as you take the bread and the wine. I believe he's going to carry some. He's going to set some free from shame and pain and guilt. Remember Peter? One of the three. It was all over the place. <laughs> Just like you and me sometimes. And yet Jesus used him incredibly to build his church. Friends, as you take this bread and the wine, I want you to know that God wants to use you incredibly to build his church. Every one of you. Did you hear that? He wants to use you incredibly to build his church as he uses you to glorify himself. Let's eat the bread. Just pray a short prayer. 
to God, your Father, just say, help me to be fed by you. Tell him that you want to feed on him. <laughs> He's the bread of life. He didn't come to bring bread, although he fed them on that day. He came to be our bread, that we would feast on him, and that every desire, other desire, would be changed so we can focus on him. Let's drink the wine together. Thank you, Jesus, that you're about a great work in our lives, personally, together as a church family. And Lord, we want to play our part in the end time, declaring of your good news to our community across this bay. Lord, let us start with you every morning. And let us give only what we hear of you. For you are our great obsession. Let's worship him together.